Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode 228 for the love of the game on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Online. A lot of exciting stuff coming right now in the world of sports. We have NBA season starting this week. I'm super excited for that. NHL season has started. MLB playoffs, NFL and college football, and you can find everything you need at Bet Online. Head to Bet Online today. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to get a 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet Online has all your information needed to place wagers. It's got latest odds, trends, predictions, all that good stuff. Head to Bet Online today. Get in the action. Bet Online where the game starts. With that said, episode 228 for the love of the game. Let's get this work. And you can't do this, and you don't do that. that. Episode 228 for the love of the game on the Believe Podcast Network. It's yours truly. It's ATH. We are back in the saddle, back behind the mic, and welcome to the NBA season. The 2023-2024 season is upon us. It kicks off this week. We were recording on a Monday evening, and I can't wait. I can't wait. Let's just say the NFL isn't doing it for me right now. It's not. I am very excited for this NBA season. We had some news today uh, about the NBA. Major news with the Giannis extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. Three years, $186 million. Basically puts him in a timetable with Damian Lillard after the trade. We'll get to that in a second. A couple of quick NFL thoughts. And by the way, now I'm on my second straight losing week and picks up against the spread. It's been absolutely brutal. Uh, but let's start with the Giants, one of the games that I did win. 14-7 win over Washington. I mean, nah, nah. It's nice to win a game at home. Saquon Barkley looked good. The offense is clearly better right now with Tyrod Taylor, quarterback, ahead of Daniel Jones. I mean, I know Daniel Jones is dealing with a neck issue. I'm not even sure you can bring him back right now if you're really serious about winning games. Kind of a bad uh, situation to be in considering you're paying Daniel Jones $40 million. But, hey, Tyrod Taylor moved the ball. I mean – Let's not get carried away here. They scored 14 points. Yeah, two offensive touchdowns. But again, only 14 points. It was nice to see Darren Waller get in the end zone. It was nice to see Saquon Barkley get in the end zone. But 14 points is still not a whole lot of points. And that's still a major improvement of what it was with Daniel Jones. They signed Justin Pugh off the couch. He's playing a big role for them now. Offensive linemen are getting hurt left and right. I mean, it's nice to win a game at home. 
But again, like, where's this giant season going? And you can say that they have a couple of winnable games on their schedule coming up. I mean, they have the Jets this coming week. The Jets are not world beaters by any means. You've got the Raiders. You've got the Commanders again. they got the Patriots, the Packers, the Saints, the Rams. Maybe the Eagles is a winnable game at the end of the year if the Eagles don't need the game, which they may not. But, like, what's the point of this giant season? I know as a fan with a little bit of pride, I'd like them to beat the Jets. But rationally, I really kind of want them to lose out. So we will see how that goes. Not a whole lot to be excited about, but the Washington commanders are not very good either. So a couple of quick things around the NFL, as I just mentioned, this NFL season, I'm not enjoying it a whole heck of a lot. I know the Giants have a lot to do with that, but I just think it's been an ugly season so far. I mean, who's good? I think the Lions are a good team, but they got smacked by the Ravens. San Francisco looked like the best team in the league. All of a sudden, you lose Trent Williams, lose a couple of guys on defense, and they lost the Minnesota Vikings in primetime. Kirk Cousins never wins primetime games. Maybe the shine has come off Brock Purdy just a little bit with Debo Samuel not playing and Trent Williams, as I just mentioned. I still think the Niners are really good, but right now they're kind of, eh, if they don't have their guys. I mean, Philadelphia looked really good against Miami at home, but they lost the Jets the week before. Like, who's good in the NFC? And are teams with a losing record going to make the playoffs? I just mentioned the Giants have a couple of winnable games down the, the stretch of their season. Like, is 8-9, and 7-10 and going to make the playoffs in the NFC? It may. Kind of gross. Kind of gross. And as for the AFC, I mean, the Ravens have looked good, but I'm still skeptical. Miami puts up a lot of points, but in the two games where they played against really good teams, they've lost on the road. The Buffalo Bills, what the hell was that? Losing to the Patriots? The Patriots are awful. The Bills usually own the Patriots in the Josh Allen era, but not so far. I mean, they're banged up on defense especially. Are they going to get guys back, anybody back, and be the team we think they're going to be? It looks like the Chiefs are the best team in football again. And this is with their receivers being next-level terrible, the worst group of receivers in the Mahomes era, and it doesn't matter. They just go out and smack teams. Is Cincinnati going to come on? I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a disgusting four and two. Like, what are they? Like, what is this league right now? It's just a lot of bad and a lot of mediocre. And quite frankly, I'm not enjoying following it whatsoever. A lot of mediocrity. We're almost at the halfway point of the NFL season. I can't believe it, but I'm kind of can't wait till the playoffs this regular season. I'm not super interested in it. Okay. Before I bring on a recurring guest to talk about Western conference over unders, a couple of quick things. As I mentioned, the Giannis extension, this basically for Knicks fans like myself and credit to my guy, Yitz, he'd been saying it for a while friend of the program, recurring guest on the program, we have to have him back on, but he'd been saying it for a while. I believed him, but I didn't want to believe him. But now with the Damian Lillard trade, that changed everything. And the Milwaukee Bucks go all in for Giannis and Giannis rewards them with an extension. Not a lot of drama. Giannis goes about his business the right way. He's my favorite player in the league. I am not ashamed to say so. 
and the hometown star re-ups. And, and it's good for the Milwaukee Bucks. It's good for the NBA at large. Yeah, I dream about him being a Nick every single day. He does have an opt-out after, I think, year two of the deal. But still, it's good for the NBA with small market teams being able to keep their guy. James Harden, in other news, is away from the Sixers. That thing's going to be a mess. All the attention turns to Joel Embiid. He's the next guy who's at some point probably going to make a stink and one out. And if you're the New York Knicks, you got to go get him. This is your play right now. This is your chance to take the next level to be anything more than just a frisky five, six seed. This is your chance. Yes. Has Embiid had his failures in the playoffs? Yes. I believe that Jalen Brunson right now would be the best player Joel Embiid has ever played with outside of that small stretch with Jimmy Butler, where they decided to let him go over to Tobias Harris. Made no sense at the time. Really makes no sense now. But if you're the Knicks, this is your chance. Offer the full cover. Barrett, Randall, Picks, everything outside of Jalen Brunson, go right ahead. Consolidation trade is needed, and Joel Embiid is the prime target. As for the Knicks also, in other news, to further bolster this point of the consolidation trade, Emmanuel quickly didn't come to an extension after his rookie deal. Not surprising. I like Emmanuel quickly. I thought he should have been sixth man of the year. I think he's really good. This doesn't make me upset that he didn't get an extension. I genuinely think you never have to do an extension before you absolutely have to. Like, let guys earn it. Let guys earn it. And if they earn it, you, they'll get rewarded. But let guys earn, and it's fine. And you know what? If it helps with whatever consolidation trade the Knicks need to make, so be it. So I know IQ's in flux. A lot of Knicks fans are upset. I'm not. We'll see how it goes. Regardless, everything I just said, I am super excited about this NBA season. It cannot come soon enough. And with that said, we're going to bring on a recurring guest to talk about the Western Conference, do win total over-unders. We're going to get to him in just a matter of moments. So I am very happy to have on a recurring guest, a very special recurring guest. I know last week we did Eastern Conference over-unders. We're switching over to the Western Conference. His favorite team plays in the West. We are going to probably debate his favorite team because it's a hot-button topic for yours truly. You could probably figure it out. Believe Network's own Mr. Alex Tosopoulos. What's good, bud? How you doing? Doing well, ATH. I love coming on this show. I love talking hoops with you. And uh, to no surprise, I texted you earlier as we were kind of discussing some topics about the show. You have my Mavs as an under. I have them as an over. Big surprise there. But more importantly, you have the the New York Knicks as an over. And unfortunately, I have them as an under. Although you you admitted that it was just slightly. It was just slightly. And the numbers I appreciate four and the five candor. and a half. I expect them to win forty six games. As I said last week, I'm very nervous about even year Thibodeau. It's yeah. every other year with him. I just think that they have a higher baseline of competency than they've ever had. And that's the logic. Do I think they're going to be as good as last year? Maybe slightly worse record-wise, but I think think given the state of the Eastern Conference, I think they can pick up a couple of wins at 
the bottom or against teams that they're just clearly better at, like Chicago, like Washington. I think they can cherry pick a little bit, but right. yeah, I, I'm not super confident about it. So yeah. I mentioned that the Eastern Conference, there's clearly a tier system, right? So we see that there's like, you know, Milwaukee and Boston seem to be in their own tier. Yeah. Miami, whatever you want to say about them, they seem to be in their own class, right? Because I know people were down on their offseason. They didn't get Dame, the whole thing. But the more and more you think about it, it's just like, I know they lost Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, but they could cherry pick guys and recreate Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, right? Right. So it's just like didn't, they, didn't have, didn't, they didn't have Tyler for the playoffs. Like that's, yeah. Whatever yeah, you think of him, like they didn't have a 20-point score on the court. And that makes a difference, right? Like, and he's be, he's he'll be back, and it'll be the regular season. Like I, I agree, they're like one B or they're tier two to the to the Bucks and the Celtics. Yeah, I'm with that. The the Tyler Hero narrative because he was thrown around in trade rumors, like kind of swung the other way, where it was just like, well, we don't really think Tyler Hero is that good. Like we've seen this guy perform in big games. Like yeah, he's flawed, but he's young and he's really good. Like the, the notion that he wasn't an asset, even to Portland that had a log jam at that position was crazy, but whatever. So Miami's in their own tier. And then it's like this, the three through eight, nine is its own tier. And then it's like a little bit below that. The Western conference seems way more nebulous. We'll give the nuggets their own tier because they are the defending champs and they deserve respect. But after that, like two through 10, maybe 11, would it be crazy if they were all within five games in the standings of each other? Am, am I seeing this poorly? No, I think I think for the regular season, you're you're right on point just in regards to the murkiness of like projecting where these teams will be. But I will say my own personal confidence in the Warriors and the Lakers in the playoffs is at a different tier status than every other team besides the nuggets. So like, just right. like you did in the Eastern conference, I would have the nuggets at, at one, one, right? Like one a, and then I would have the Lakers and the warriors at one B because I wouldn't be surprised if they won the Western conference, won the Western conference finals and ended up in, you know, the NBA finals. Like that wouldn't shock me whatsoever with those two teams. Right. So we're actually going to get into that when we talk about the Phoenix Suns, because as we've seen over the last couple of years, there's a clear difference between regular season and playoff basketball. And we've seen teams kind of devalue the regular season, which is why I think the NBA is in a more precarious spot as a business. But that is a whole right. other conversation. But yeah, I, I just think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the same when it comes to that grouping of teams after the Nuggets. And if the Nuggets hadn't won a title, I don't think we think of the Nuggets as that much above that tier of team. Like, they're very interchangeable. Yeah, I mean, the, the Nuggets were kind of the Utah Jazz, right? Until this last year. I, you know, the, in the bubble, yeah. okay, they got to the Western Conference Final. But before that, it was just, they're a really good regular season team. And they're a, they're maybe a tough out because they have Jokic in the playoffs, but they're a very outable team if you're a true finals contender in the West. And then when I say the Jazz, I mean the the Gobert Mitchell 50 plus wins. Right. But are they a threat in the playoffs? Not really. Like, yeah, the Nuggets really broke the mold here. And I think 
they get even healthier. Yes, they lose Bruce Brown, but I thought they had a good draft of, of guys that are, you know, college vets coming into the NBA who are going to be ready to make an impact. And then Christian Braun, I think, is a really good player who will usurp those Bruce Brown minutes and probably be a better value add for, for the Nuggets. In, in him those in the aggregate, right? Like right. Right. And I expect Jamal Murray to be there the entirety of the season at the level he was playing in the playoffs. I expect Michael Porter Jr. to continue to get incrementally better, right? Yeah. Year to year. Um, so I, I, yeah, the Nuggets are still my front runner right now, but the rest of the, it, it's, yeah, there's a lot of ambiguity in this Western Conference. I mean, I think what, what is it with the over unders? There's four or five teams that are at 44 and a half. Like, where are we with that? So there are, according to my, you know, my list, and we took this off of the bleach report, there are either 45 and a half or 44 and a half. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams in the middle there that are within a game, either 44 and a half or 45 and a half. And then the Mavs are at 43 and a half. So you could loop them almost into that as well with seven. Right. And the Lakers being 46. So, I mean, it's really, really cluttered. And Golden State is at 47. So, right now, they are projected as the third seed in the West. They're not that much different from the projected 11th seed in the West. Right. I mean, it's, it's an absolute cluster. And it's going to be really interesting to shake out. Uh, we're going to start from the bottom, going up to the top. And not to spoil it too much, Denver, I know we just spoke about. They are one of my, my locks. I don't know if they are for you. We're each going to pick five locks like we did for the Eastern Conference. I asked Avi Wexler this question last week. I'm going to ask you, when you go through your overs and unders, do you try and have an equal number of overs and unders? Or to use it just doesn't matter. It's kind of just by feel. It's by feel. But after I do, I look at the entire picture and I'll say, okay, how many do I have? I don't like to be skewed in one direction. And that might kind of change how I reevaluate. Um, I think this year I have more overs than I do under. And as I could tell by your, your grouping of the Western conference that you shared with me, my distinction between the two conferences is that I have way more overs in the West than I do in the East. I have a lot of unders in the East. And that's just because I think the West, when they play, uh, intra intra conference games, the West has the better teams harder to harder to decipher just because I think the middle of the East, like you're saying, like, I don't know what to make of Orlando. I don't know what to make of even a team like Philadelphia. Like, uh, you know, like Miami could be in the playoff hunt. They could, they could be a top six seed in the West and win 42 games and go under their total, but still be in the mix. Like it, it, a lot has to shake out. Also Cleveland's 51 and a half. I thought was, that's really high for them. Um, Really, really. I, I I actually, I actually went over 50 and a half. Maybe they're the regular season champs and then they yeah, get bounced in the playoffs. But I just didn't really know what to make of the East. And I I feel like I have a little bit more of a firm footing on the Western teams. Now, how they're going to shake out, like you're saying, I have no clue. But um, that's been the fun guessing game for I feel like everyone at this point. Yeah. And shout out to Las Vegas for making these numbers very, very, very competitive. Like they it is as Hard, and if not harder, I think way harder to find value in some of these numbers, especially for like the playoff teams that may be like fringe playoff teams than ever before. Like they've gotten so smart about this. It's really, it's really crazy. So without further ado, let's start here. Again, we're going to go bottom of the conference, top of the conference. Top. Cool. Let's start with the Houston Rockets. I know their projection 
is at 31 and a half. Um, again, we're using the Bleacher Report article. Um, I think they're going to be the worst team in the conference. So over under 30 and a half, Alex Sopolis, what say you? Uh, I have the Houston Rockets over 31 and a half, and I don't believe that they're going to be the worst team in the conference. Um, I'm going to buy into their new head coach, Ime Udoka, who in his first year as a head coach in Boston took them to the NBA finals. Um, I, I'm going to buy into him adding some sort of regimen and system for this young team that did bring in some, some savvy vets who have been there before in the playoffs. I know the discourse on Dylan Brooks, but I think that for a regular season over under, I think he's beneficial for sure. And I think same thing with Fred. And, and I think I, I I'm a big fan of Alpern Shangun and what he can do. And I think the fact that they just chipped off KPJ helps this even more because I thought that he was a guy that kind of, you know, yeah. he liked to have the ball in his hands. He took away touches from guys like Shangun, guys like Jalen Green, and he was not a true point guard. So getting him off that roster and adding Amin Thompson, who I really, really like, um, I think will do them a benefit in the regular regular season. And that's why I have them over. I think that night in, night out, they have so much talent and so much athleticism and youth that they're going to be really competitive and led by guys like FVV and uh, Emu Udoka. So I, I like the over here. I mean, look, they're a bottom three team in the West, but I just think that they're a little bit better than what that over-under is. You actually changed my mind a little bit. Um, I actually don't think they're going to be the bottom team in the West either. I think they're going to be the second to the worst team in the West. I, I do think, you know, Van Vliet's an adult, Dylan Brooks, is an adult in the regular season. Sometimes he tries to act like a child, but he's an adult in the regular season. I think the coach is going to instill some type of discipline that yeah. is going to be good for this team. I know they paid a fortune for just adults in the room, but they were in a position where they had to, considering what the CBA requires. Right. I just don't think those players are good enough, though, to really push you over that 31 and a half win threshold. Do I think they win 30 games as opposed to like 19? Yes. So I'm going to go slight under, but I'm going to take the under on the Rockets. Okay. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers up next. This is probably the team that we agree on is going to be the worst team in the Western Conference, even though they yep. have a couple of really interesting pieces. Scoot Henderson, the number three pick. Shaden Sharp, last year's draft pick. I like Anthony Simons, even though I'm not sure if he's necessarily long for this team or if he's a trade piece. The number is 27 and a half. I think you and I are in agreement on this. Over, under, what say you? Yeah, I say I say under. Um, I think that this has been the sentiment around this team for the offseason, and it's going to stay the same during the regular season. A team with a lot of trade assets, a team that can make a lot of trades during the season as well. Um and are just trying to stockpile right now and build for the future, which is what they should have done probably three or four years ago. And they're finally doing it. And, and I think they're doing it in the right way. And with that, I, I would say of all the teams in the Western conference, this to me is one where I'm like, they will make a trade during the regular season and it will have a significant impact on how many games they win. And they yeah. want to get scoot and shade and sharp as many reps as possible. They're not going to be winning players when they first enter the league. Although maybe scoot is I, I've got a, I really like that guy a lot, um, but I, I think it's safe to say they're going to be the worst team in the Western Conference, and they're fine with that. They're totally okay with that. Yep, I agree. Uh, this, to me, is an underplay as well. This is one of my five locks. I just 
I like as it. impressive as Scoot is with the tools and, and all that stuff, you know, playing point guard in the NBA is really hard, especially now. And yeah. it's a deep position. Uh, it's probably the deepest position in the league in terms of night in and night out, having to navigate, having to deal with guys. And, you know, just in terms of a one-on-one matchup and then not having to, you know, being an organizer, like being an organizer of an NBA team is a lot different than being an organizer of a G League Ignite team when right. the NBA guys may be older than you. I don't think Malcolm Brogdon's going to be on this team much longer. I don't think Robert Williams is going to be on this team much longer. So to me, this is an underplay. They uh, might even block. You you said you said Simons too as a potential trade candidate. Um, I think they're willing I, to I, throw with him, but just like if the right deal came yeah. along, like so it's the Shaden Sharp Scoot era and whatever I, picks they come with. If the right deal came along for Jeremy Grant, I wouldn't be surprised if yep. they moved him either. Um, I know they just signed him to that massive extension. It's a big number, but you know, in three years, will it look like a big number? Not as much as it does right now. And, and that's a position where you know there's not a lot of depth, at least in regards to like who are fringe all-star types. He'll get an opportunity though. He's he's gonna put up numbers this season for sure. But yeah, I, I just like yeah. there's five guys on their team that could get traded, so I can't say that they're gonna go over. When that contract was signed, I was like, well, if Davian Lillard really gets traded, like this is just going to look a little out of place. And what do you know? It looks really out of place. They're, they're an under for me. That is yep. one of my locks. Up next, the San Antonio Spurs, 28 and a half. Obviously, their big addition is the number one pick, Victor Wembanyama, who we've got to talk about it. Okay, so before we get to if we're picking over under here, your reaction to the preseason clips. Now I am on record saying preseason basketball doesn't mean a damn thing. I don't put a lot of stock into it. I don't put a lot of stock in summer league, but, but these clips of him are ridiculous. They're like, It's absolutely ridiculous, especially yeah. the defensive stuff. Go off. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you in how I consider preseason and summer league. But more importantly, it's just seeing that guy on an NBA court and how he impacts spacing and the offensive prowess that he already has at such a young age at his size. The handling, I don't care about him putting the ball between a defender's legs. That doesn't matter to me. But yeah. the fact that he can beat a guy off the dribble, the fact that he has a real nose for how to handle a a a ball screen as the primary ball handler at his size. Like he just presents so many challenges that if he plays, you know, 40 plus games, like I just don't see how this team who has a lot of other young talent that I, I look and I'm excited to see how those guys develop. Namely, you know, Jeremy Sohan, Trey, Trey Jones, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, who they just signed to that, that extension there. Like if those guys all take a step forward, which I think they will, part of that just by nature of playing with big Vic, like this team is going to win low thirties amount of games. Now, if, if Vic gets hurt early and they shut him down and he plays less than 20 games, like, okay, maybe it's a different conversation, but I, I don't like going into a season projecting that that's going to happen. So I'm yeah. going to project that they go over and I, yeah, what this guy does on a court is something we haven't seen before, right? Like it's not, it's just straight up. Not. So a couple of things. I was having this conversation with a couple of friends over the weekend. Um, 
the offensive skill set is there in terms of just the fluidity of the handle, shooting off the dribble. Now, yeah. what I'm most nervous about with him when it comes to his off, you know, offensive game is just guys getting underneath him and it's a and it affects his ability, you know, his ability to rise up and come down straight, you know, straight up and down on his jump shot that he's going to be trying to like kick out his legs to avoid trying to landing on somebody's foot because if I were guarding him, like the guys, his size, I wouldn't put size on him. I would do what, what used to work with Kristaps Porzingis back before the ACL stuff with the Knicks was like guys like Marcus Smart getting up underneath him, like guys of that ilk and trying to guard him that way because fours won't be able to stay in front of him. Right. Fours won't be able to stay in front of him. And it just the he's not as fluid of an athlete as Giannis was or is now. And they're, you know, roughly the same size. Actually, not really because he's there's like five inches between yeah, the two. Yeah, he's guys. like four like, inches yeah. taller than Giannis. So yeah. I don't think yeah. he has the fluidity that Giannis had or has just because Giannis like had that late growth spurt where he from went from like six eight to six eleven and he had the perimeter body type. But yeah. like this guy's fluidity is crazy. And as good as it looks offensively, defensively is like a whole nother ball game. Like he's already, I think, gonna be one of the four or five best rim protecting bigs in the league immediately. Yeah. And if he plays 55 games, I don't see the Spurs winning under 30 games. Yeah. I mean, the instincts are incredible. Bonkers. Yeah. Even, even you know, if as a rim protector, of course, like it's so, that length, it's so hard. If, if he's on the weak side, like how quickly he can get to balls. But also if he's out in the passing lanes, like you just, you have three, four inches less of space than you typically do with a six, nine, six, 10, you know, three, four that's defending those passes just from the top of the key to the wing. And, and we've already seen that he's, he's in those lanes. Of course. Now the guys are going to body him. Like he's going to get in some tiffs down low. Guys are going to want to assert themselves and show that like, he's not ready from an NBA body standpoint, which, which he's not, but, but none of these guys are that are right. 19, 20 years old anyway. So Very that's, few that's at least. yeah. Um, but I'm with you though. It's just, I'm excited to watch this team. I'm excited for Spurs basketball. And I'm saying that as a Mavs fan who has a lot of animosity towards the Spurs organization. Although I've always appreciated what they've put in regards to a product on the court. I mean, there was nothing better than watching pop and, and Manu and, and Tony P and um, Boris Diaw and Duncan in the two thousands. Like those teams were awesome. Um, but this isn't what they're building for. It's not this year. Right. So if they shut them down earlier or anything like that, they load manage him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. And but I'm still taking the over. I'm 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 still taking it. We're in agreement. One last thing on Wimbayam before we go to the Utah Jazz. We're both in agreement on the over. I I just I can't believe that if he plays 55 games, they're not gonna win 30 games. How many guys would you trade Wimbayama for right now? Right now, how many guys are I should say? are off the table where you just say no straight up. Cause I came up with three, maybe four in the entire oh. league. Giannis. I, I, he was Yo one. Yes. Jokic. He's two. Yes. 
because uh, you're you're accounting for age here too, right? Yeah, of course. Um, Tatum. Nope, it wasn't on my list. Probably not Embiid, knowing you. Nope. Luca. He was one of the three, maybe four. Yes, and it's okay. debatable. Sure, and not Anthony Davis for you, probably. Nope, not even close. Okay. I we we both love Steph. Did you have Steph on there? Was that yes? Only because you can get five years out of Steph, maybe. Sure. But that's but that's it. That's yeah. it. I mean, this guy, his ceiling is is outrageous, and I just hope he stays healthy. It's Same. it's really Same. the clip of him blocking Wiggins this three point shot, and then just the still shot of how long he is. I mean, he's he's an alien. He's legitimately an alien. I mean, what he's doing is reminiscent of what Anthony Davis did in college, right? But like, those are tighter. Yeah. The, the the court is much tighter. There's way less space on a college court. And the fact that he's doing that against pros who are so much bigger than all these college ball players, like it's, it's crazy, but I, yeah, I, I can't say how, I can't say enough how excited I am just to watch this thing play out. It's going to be great. Wild. Absolutely wild. All right. <laughs> up next, the Utah Jazz. 35 and a half. This was a feel good story from last year. Obviously this team was projected to be one of the worst teams in the league last year in the Vic sweepstakes. They come out like gangbusters, which yeah. took them out of the Vic sweepstakes. Laurie Markinen made a leap. They've got an interesting backcourt situation with like the guys like Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton, um, I like what this team's doing. They've got tons of assets from the Rudy Gobert trade. Over under 35 and a half. What say you? I think this is one of my lots. And it's not because I don't like what they're doing. It's just I think there's a glut in this Western Conference. That I think they just get squeezed out. I'm on the under. Yeah, I am also on the under. I echo all of the sentiments that you made. It's not for lack of talent or lack of prospects going forward. I just think that they punched above their weight class. And I also, they don't have a point guard. They really don't like yeah. Colin Sexton is, is a two guard in a, in a one's body. Jordan right? Clarkson, Clarkson, same thing. He's the six man of the year award. He's he, he, at best for a best roster, he's the spark plug off the bench and like the best version of that. Right. Keontae George might have to play a lot of point. Taylor Horton Tucker might have to play a lot of point and like those guys have the capacity to do that, but that that's not who I want running the show as the point guard right. for an offense uh, game in game out. You know, now the, the, the tough thing for me on saying under, and this is like, I do believe Will Hardy is a really good coach, Yes, but the way that I looked at over unders this year, because I think we're at the point where like, I look at 20 of the coaches in the NBA and I'm like, that's a good coach we're at the point where it's become very easy to identify who the good coaches are and who the bad coaches are. Yeah. Um, and he's one of the good ones, but because there are so many good coaches in the NBA, when I looked at over unders this year, I was like, I can't really have that as a tipping factor for any of my picks. Um, and I think that Lori will have as good of a year as he did last year. Um, should have been an all NBA guy in my opinion. Yes. And I think he'll be on that, that same fringe this year. You know, we're talking all NBA third team for that guy, but there's just a lot of two guards and a lot of like versatility on this team, but 
maybe not like an identity where I think they can win upper thirties or 40 games. And and the the irony is, is that the irony is, is that Mike Connolly, who they traded last year would be perfect for this team because they just need confident organizing. And I know that they're, they're not in a rush. They're not yeah, again, another team where if they're bad, they don't care because they've got a ton of draft capital and they have a lot of moves still to be made. Like Kelly O, who is a, a guy on their team that I really like, he could get traded, right? There's a lot of guys that could get traded for this team too. And they're going to need to trade some of these young guys to, to kind of shape what their future will be. I can't imagine Jordan Clarkson wouldn't fetch something at the, uh, at the trade deadline for a team that's looking for, you know, playoff scoring. Uh, I can't imagine, you know, Colin Sexton kind of the same thing. Uh, yeah. You know, it's in a, they're in a consolidation phase and they're just looking for their, you know, next, next piece to really pair next to, to Larry Markinen. Keontae George looked great in summer league. If you take a lot I like of stock him. in that, um, yeah. I think they're excited about him. Uh, but yeah, I just think due to the conference and all the other teams, it's just an underplay. And it's uh, one of my locks. It's my second lock. You're dishing out locks early. I saved them for later. Well, here's another one. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Your Dallas Mavericks. 43 yeah. and a half. We have now jumped into a different weight class now. Now we are in that 2 through 11 amorphous zone. The Mavericks, right. 43 and a half. They re-signed Kyrie Irving um, to in extension. <laughs> they uh, brought in Grant Williams, who I think, as much as I can't stand the guy, is competent, uh, knows how to play basketball. Um, they drafted Omax Prosper. 43 and a half, what say you? I say over acknowledging that I am a fan of this team and I am taking the glass half full outlook with this team. And I think we addressed a lot of concerns that we had on the defensive side of the ball last year, which was our Mm -hmm. absolutely our Achilles heel. The record of Luca and Kyrie playing together was not what you wanted as a Mavs fan, but their offensive efficiency and what they were able to do on the offensive side of the ball was what you wanted um, post that trade. And I think, I, I have to buy into Grant Williams, Derek Lively, Josh Green taking a, you know the next step defensively, becoming a full time starter for this Dallas Mavericks team. Um, I like Josh kind of, Green, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I think he's I think he's really won a lot of people over, especially with his play in the World Champions Championships with uh, with Australia. And I think that I have to believe that a team that has Luka Doncic on it can win more than forty three and a half games. I just I I have to like. And if we can't, then maybe we start looking at this guy a little bit differently. Like you said, he's in that list of four guys. Sounds like he was kind of a fringe guy for you of players that you would take over Victor Wembanyama. And I agree. I'm a little bit more bullish on the fact that he he should be. Um, he's going into year six here. And, you know, he's been to the Western Conference Finals with that team two years ago. And I think he has to continue to make statements in regards to who he is as a player, what his potential legacy can be in the NBA and NBA history. Um, Cause I think he has that ability. And I think, you know, I'm a little worried that he's kind of limping into the season once again. Um, but I think he'll be okay. And I think that he and Kyrie 
will look better than they did last year together. I, I can only hope that they've put in enough time in the off season to look better than they did. And I know it's not really like, oh, how much better can they look? Because again, like I said, like offensively, they were good together. They really were. It's just the defense out of those guys. And what can you get? Um, yeah, I mean, I, look, I don't think they're going to be world beaters, but I do think that they win like 45 games um, and are probably either at the back half of the top six or they're a, a play-in team fighting for, you know, to win that tournament and get into the playoffs. I hear your Luca point. If you are as bullish on Luca as, as a lot of people are, and I think he's a great player. Um, hold the Luca thought for a second, because I want to have a, a higher level Luca conversation, but what indications make you think that a Kyrie Luca pairing is going to yield any different result than it did last year? And I say that knowing that both those guys, in terms of offensive talents individually, are fantastic. I have right. my Kyrie Irving opinions. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm think, talking about Kyrie Irving as a basketball player. That's yeah, that's as far but as no, my, but, he, yeah, but even, yeah. even as a basketball player, like why, you know, what makes you think that this year is going to be any different than the your turn, my turn? The efficiency numbers may love them because efficiency, these stats love isolation basketball. I mean, case in point with the New York Knicks, New York Knicks yeah. statistically, or I guess had a quote-unquote top five efficient offense. If you watch the Knicks, you know they didn't have a top five offense. Um, but what makes you think that you should be? we should be more bullish on the combo this year? Well, I think, for one, I think Derek Lively adds a lot for both of those guys as, as a pick-and-roll type of guy, a guy that uh -huh. can actually be... Obviously, he's much better than Dwight Powell is on the defensive side of the ball. So is Richwan Holmes. I don't know how many minutes he's going to get per game. But both of those guys are better interior rim protectors than Dwight Powell is, who I think in spurts is a, a good big for any team could use a guy like that. He's a pro's pro. Um, he is one of the most efficient guys within 10 feet of the the hoop in the NBA. And I think I, so I think that helps. I think Luca showing at least a margin of willingness to be off ball in moments in the world championships with the Slovenian team. And also in the preseason in the games that he played, his willingness to be more of a catch and shoot guy in certain moments. And I think the elevation of guys like Josh Green, Jaden Hardy, when Luca is not on the court, being able to play a completely different style of ball with, with the ball in Kyrie's hands of pushing the tempo that I think there can be a more balanced approach to this Mavericks offense as a whole, mm -hmm. where it becomes a little bit less, you go, I go and a little bit more like, okay, when, when Luca is in, it is that Luca ball, Right. But when Kyrie is running the show, it looks completely different. And we're going to throw, we're going to jab, you know, we're going to throw our cross punch. We're going to throw our haymake. Like we're going to give you so many different offensive looks that we're going to keep you off your heels a little or on your heels a little bit. Again, like this is all, this could all be wishful thinking. I don't know, but I have to hope that with more time, they make more adjustments and provide more challenges for opposing defenses. That's, that's just, it's optimistic for sure. It's a tough spot for uh lively because he's a rookie center you know yeah. and they are expecting a lot from him and like sure. uh Dwight Powell is probably going to get the bulk of the minutes because rookie centers don't generally know what they're doing when it comes to a defensive rotation and as much yep. as 
the Mavericks have tried to get rid of Dwight Powell. You can't get rid of Dwight Powell, it seems like. I just... Any team that Kyrie Irving's on, I'm just selling. I'm selling. Yeah. He he hasn't had a normal NBA season since 2017. It is now 2023, entering 2024. I'm just I'm just out, like blind, blind. So I think it's totally valid, totally valid. So with that said, it's my third lock under for the Dallas Mavericks, and I and un. Fair, unfair. I think it's going to start. The questions are going to start with Luca. I think we're getting there now. I think he plays way too much like James Harden. And I say that with the most amount of disrespect possible with, you know, yeah. Luca ball being James Harden ball. And it worked for Harden in his prime Rockets years because the league wasn't as talented top to bottom. The league is really, really talented right now. Really, really talented. And I don't think one guy handling the ball as much as he does is good for the rest of the team, even though the efficiency may say otherwise. I just think it has a negative effect just by watching the games, the dude's body language. And unless he's willing to adjust his game, and it's more on him than Kyrie, because Kyrie kind of is who he is at this point. Luca being the age he's at should be more malleable. He should be more willing to change given the embarrassment that happened at the end of the year. But I'm not sure he is. So I hope he is for the future of the league. I hope he is, but I'm not sure. So for that reason, I am going to go under. I, and you go over. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm, I'm again, going over with this team. Um, I think like, Look, we we both played basketball a lot in our lives. It's it's really hard to break habits on the court. It yeah. really is. Like the way that and he's been playing basketball for a long time at a and high level. Like and he's been enabled though. Like yeah, the, the sure. day he stepped onto the NBA court, he's been enabled. Yeah, yeah, very very much so. Um, I think he the 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 thing that I look at is like at least him being our best player again like you can say the Kyrie's motivations no one knows right like they're just too hard to pinpoint but I at least can buy into with a guy like Derek Lively with a guy like Luca with a guy like Josh Green like those guys want to win they're competitors they want to work they want to they want to be hoisting the trophy and I, I'm at least okay with the fact that like those are the main guys that make up our team right right as opposed to some other teams in the NBA where I'm like, I can't tell you what that guy wants and what that guy wants, what DeAndre Ayton wants. Like, you, like I, I, well, I can tell to, you DeAndre to, wants a lot of touches and to be 25 and 12 with no wins. Right. So I don't know. We'll see. And again, like I mentioned, there's 20 good coaches in the NBA. There's probably 10, 12 bad ones. And our, the guy that we have is not one of the ones that I consider to be a good coach. So that is another thing that works in favor of you voting for the under but I also have to believe that like, even if Luca is like James Harden, James Harden was damn good at winning regular season games. He really was. Right. I just, Luka, I, yeah. I just think the Luka, league has shifted anyway. Yeah. It They're going to probably be the most fascinating team in the, in the discussion. Okay. So another team that I would consider uh, a little bit of a mishmash in terms of opinions, the new Orleans Pelicans, a team that employs Zion Williamson, who may or may not love playing NBA basketball. 
a team that at one point last year was the number one seed in the Western Conference, only to be a play-in tournament team. Their number is 44 and a half. This is a team I have very little feel for. 44 and a half. Alex Sosopoulos, what say you? I say under on this team. I think you have them as an, as an over. Yeah. No, we are in agreement. I am under as well. And I don't feel good about it whatsoever. Well, look, if Zion plays, if they're fully healthy, like you said, they were at the top of the Western conference at a point last year. Um, There's a lot of mouths to feed. I've got a really, really bad feeling about their two best players in Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, Zion from a health standpoint um, and Brandon Ingram from motivation standpoint. I think like he very, if he were one of the guys in the first two months of the season that was demanding a trade, I would not be surprised. I didn't like what I saw out of him uh, in in the FIBA world championships. I didn't like that. They couldn't even put him on the court because of injury and also fit. I think that CJ McCollum very easily could get traded if things start sour with this team, but they do have a lot of really good young talent. Um, I'm a huge Trey Murphy guy. I'm a huge um, uh, Herb Jones. I love Herb Jones. I like Jonas Valanciunas. I think like he's one of the remaining kind of big men in the league that has adjusted his game in a Brooke Lopez-esque way where he's gotten better from behind the arc. He offers a lot defensively and offensively. He's an excellent rebounder. It's hard not to like Jonas Valanciunas, honestly. Um, but Alvarado is limping into the season. I think he's an important piece defensively for this team, especially with how poorly CJ McCollum defends at this point uh, in his career, although he's never been a good defender. But I just there's too many question marks on this team um, for me to to put them at the over. And like my, my methodology with taking the Mavs over rides with Luca. Like I don't have that same confidence in Zion Williamson, first and foremost of being on the court. Right. Right. At Whether least Luca it, plays. Luca plays. Yeah, Zion. Exactly. We're not sure if Zion plays. Yep. I'm all over the place with this one. Right. Because I think, first of all, isn't Trey Murphy starting the year on the IL? Like, I think he had a knee issue. No. Yeah. He's, he's not fully healthy right now. Somebody who I like a lot also um, but who's the organizer on this team? Who's the organizer? I like Alvarado, but I like Alvarado for 20 minutes a night. I don't want Alvarado being my starting point guard. Um, it just, you know, CJ McCollum isn't it. And then when you put the ball in Zion's hands, point Zion, I'm not sure Brandon Ingram really loves that. Now, I also don't think you should be catering to Brandon Ingram's wants and desires. His stock to me is down. I've been on this for a while. I don't love the Ingram-Zion fit. I think Brandon Ingram wants to be a little bit more like, let's just say, uh, DeAndre Ayton getting numbers. Not necessarily short translates to wins. However, they did have that play-in tournament run where he was like the, the main cog and gave Phoenix a scare a couple of years ago. But I'm just out. The, the FIBA tournament thing was very telling that they penciled him as, in as a starter and then they couldn't play him. And I totally agreed with it. If he's not going to accept a little bit more catch and shoot and secondary playmaking, like I'm not sure what to make of this team. And that doesn't even start with Zion and his issues. Cause when the guy's healthy and engaged, he's one of the 10 best players in the league easily. 
And he would be on that short list of guys I wouldn't trade for Victor Wembanyama if I could guarantee him engaged and on the court. The problem is his professionalism has been next level dog shit through the beginning of his career. And it's embarrassing. It's honestly embarrassing. So when picking this number, do you bet on him figuring it out and staying healthy or not? I'd rather be wrong on the under because then we get a a fun Zion Williamson season. So I'm going to take the under and hold my nose. And pray that I'm wrong for the betterment of the NBA. Sure. And for the city of New Orleans who like, if things go really, really wrong, like they might lose an NBA franchise. Like it's, it's within the realm of possibility, honestly, especially with the team that's talented. Um, I mean, I like Jordan Hawkins, the guy that they drafted out of UConn. I do too. He's a really good shooter. I like Dyson Daniels too. Like maybe they run him at point a little bit. Like, I don't even know. He's six, seven, his wing body size, but he he can create a little bit. I just, yeah. Lack of identity, lack of identity always skews under for me when I'm put in these tough positions and all these teams have basically the same number that I'm looking at. Yeah. So I go under. We're in agreement. All right. Up next, the Minnesota Timberwolves, 44 and a half. They have a guy who's quickly ascending into a top 10 player in the league, Anthony Edwards, who I believe will be the best shooting guard in the league in the next two to three years. They also have a glut at center and an expensive glut at center. They traded the farm for Rudy Gobert. That hasn't looked great. Carl Anthony Towns is an enigma, to put it kindly. Um, They do have Mike Connolly, another year of him organizing things. 44 and a half, Alex Disopolis. What say you? I say over. This is the one that we disagree on. You said under on this one. Yes. I did, but I'm being I'm willing to be talked out of it. Give me your give me the case. I think that look, I'm not a Rudy Gobert stan, as they call it, right? I'm not I I have a long running kind of argument, although at this point it's been put to bed between Josh Fisher, my co-host, and myself. Josh has been on this pod as well. Friend, friend of the, of the pod. Is, I love Josh. Yeah, friend friend of the program. Uh at a time we he said he'd rather have Carl Anthony Towns than Anthony Davis. I think I've clearly won that debate. Um, I picked AD. But with that being said, I, I feel the same way about Anthony Edwards that you do. I think he's a tremendous talent. If we're going to criticize Brandon Ingram for FIBA, we should laud Anthony Edwards for what he did on that stage. Um, I think that he only gets better. And I think, again, similar situation with the Mavericks, like Gobert and Towns aren't going to be worse than they were last year they have to be some semblance better and just by the fact that they also have Jalen McDaniels and they also have Kyle Anderson this team presents such a challenge to any opponent on a nightly basis because of their length their length and their athleticism on the defensive side of the ball is something that is very unique and I think teams that are that unique in in just formula um, are, are tough to game plan against especially when you're big man can shoot 40% from, from outside the arc. If, if they are healthy, I think this team goes over. I think they're a top six seed in the West. And I think they're absolutely fake news when it comes to a playoff contender and what they can do in the playoffs, but that's a separate situation. And I think in the regular season, this team will be one that, that is not to be trifled with. I think they, they have a lot of success in the regular season. 
First of all, Jalen McDaniels got paid today, if you saw that number, like five years, 135, which is an outrageous contract. As much as I like him, I mean, come on, like, what are we doing here? Josh Green just got an extension three for 41 mil. So I'll take that. I would much rather Josh Green at that number than Jalen McDaniels at that number. Yep. I, I also like Mike Conley a lot, and I'll just throw out I love Nas Reed. I'm a big I So love- Nas Reed is my favorite of the bigs on this team. Yep. The problem with that, though, is that the other guys are making around $50, $55 million a year, and in a salary cap sport, that's not great. Um, I do believe the Carl Anthony Towns Gobert pairing has to be better if you're betting this over. It has to be. Like, it, 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 there's there's no way it can be as bad if you're betting this over. I, this is – I'm having a, a really tough time with this one because I'm kind of out on Carl Anthony Towns. I know he's come up in a lot of trade rumors with the New York Knicks. That is a hard pass. No thanks. I want no part. I just think that guy's weird, man. I think he's – I just don't think he's wired the right way. Um, I love Anthony Edwards. I absolutely love the guy. And I think if they trade Carl Anthony Towns, I'm more bullish on them because I just think he's going to be needing to go because you're not getting anything for Gobert. Um, I'm going to go under, but the slightest of unders. Like, they're going to win 44 games. I will say that they – did give Denver an interesting series last year when Denver steamrolled pretty much everybody. Yeah. But that was basically playing, you know, one big at a time. And, you know, I just, I'm not sure the roster allows for that. It's just, I'm going to go slight under 44 and a half. And only because I, of all the glutton of teams that are 44 and a half, 45, 45 and a half, the next, couple of teams I just like more. So without further yeah. ado, the Sacramento Kings. Well, but I just wanted to say, I forgot yeah, to ahead. mention this and saying the over for them. Uh, they're one of my locks, by the way. So Interesting. So we've got Minnesota your first Timberwolves. lock. This is great. And it, that's my first lock. And I do want to, I want to say, look, long-term for this team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, I don't trust them. I think they're in a bad position. Again, in the playoffs, I don't trust them. I don't think there's any way they get to the Western Conference Finals. But I think in the regular season, these guys, they want, even if they want to trade Carl Anthony Towns, they want him out on the court. They want him playing. They want him putting up numbers. Like, again, I just think that during the regular season, they're going to be good. Everything else, I agree with you on. Like, I, I'm i so with you. I don't want the Timberwolves to be good. I don't want that. Like, I just don't. I don't like them as a team. The only guy I like is Edwards. I do like Mike Conley. I don't think their coach is great. I think Hinch is probably in that, that 10 class that I was talking about yeah. of not great coaches. But I, again, like I just, I got to go with them putting it together somewhat to almost trick broad NBA minds into thinking that this will work for the future. And then they end up kind of collapsing later on down the line, two, three years from now. Uh, and okay. If, so yeah. And if Anthony Edwards is that guy, he covers up a lot of holes. That's just, sure. that's just the nature of the NBA. And for I sure. can't hate on the fact that if you want to bet on the over for him, just because of what I think of him as a player, but I think the Sacramento Kings are better and they have the same over under 44 and a half over under Alex. What say you? I say over. Um, I, I know that they were, they were really healthy, but I think nothing has really changed their first year head coach who had a lot of success 
will now be a second year head coach with this team. He had been a head coach before, right? Mike Brown had been a head coach prior. Yeah. With the, he, with the, the Cavs. He's yeah. been around the block. I, I think that this team is pretty much the same. Sabonis will be healthy now. And then Keegan Murray will only get better. So I, I like this team just as much as I did last year, if not a little bit more. I don't think that Fox and Sabonis was like a flash in the pan. I think this is a good team. I think it's a good team too. Uh, yeah. The Keegan Murray jump that I expect is the sole reason where I expect this to go over. I can't see a scenario where they win four less games than they did last year. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is fantastic. I am one of the biggest Sabonis guys out there. I know they're not going to be great defensively, but they're going to be able to get up and down. And in the regular season, I do think that wins a lot of games. So we are in agreement. It is not a lock, but 44 and a half, I'm taking the over. And plus, I really don't want to bet against lighting the beam because that's a lot of fun. Um, Up next, another team, 44 and a half. The Oklahoma City Thunder. This is one of my locks. 44 and a half, what say you? Yeah, I'm with you. This is one of my locks, and I have them over. Um, I think there are a lot of basketball minds and and media members who are probably right there with us on this one. And everything that they're talking about, I agree with. I really like Chet. I think he's going to make a massive impact on the defensive side. They were missing a center last year. They played Jalen Williams who's really kind of a four five combo, um, but leaning more so on the four side because of the lack of length that he has, although he'll be a, a, a contributor on this team. They just have so much talent and guy and the way that they play together works really, really well with Shay, with Giddy, with J dub, the other Jalen Williams. Um, I'm really excited about what this team is going to do. And they have a, they have a ton of depth too. So I find it hard not to believe. And they're also like, they love the regular season. Like they love, playing really, really hard against anyone, any night. Um, and I think their coach is definitely in the top 20. If I'm talking about the good and the bad coaches, like I keep oh, yeah. going back to, but, but he's, he might be in the top seven. He might be in the top five. Like Mark Daniel is a fantastic head coach. Excellent. Um, excellent head coach. So I'm, I'm over and this is a lock. I am over as well. It is my fourth lock. I think this team's a top five seed in the West. I think it could easily be a top four seed in the West and get home home court advantage. They, besides for all the young players they already have that, that are good, like SGA yeah. made a leap last year. Even if he's just the same, that's still a guy who's who's terrifying. I think Chet Holmgren's going to be great for them. And they have all the picks in the world to go out and get another guy. Like, they're malleable. Yeah, yeah well, Chet at the five – is probably their best regular season lineup against a guy like Jokic and against Embiid and against Giannis. Is it going to be bad? Yeah, it's going to look a little ugly because those guys are just going to put them underneath the basket. But, like, why can't they go out and get Robert Williams for a first-round pick? Like, why not? Like, I like it. This team has flexibility. They've got really good young pieces. Shea has taken a leap. And if you count FIBA for anything, like he was awesome in FIBA, I am over. I'm a little nervous how excited I am about this team, but 45 and a half, or no, the number is 44 and a half. Excuse me. That is a lock. My third, my fourth lock of the, you know, of the exercise. And we are in agreement there up next, the Memphis Grizzlies, 45 and a half. 
John Morant is missing 25 games for acting a little bit knucklehead-ish. Uh, we could debate the merit of the 25-game suspension another time. We're not going to do that right now. Um, yep. This team is a very competent regular season team. They have been good without John Morant historically the last couple of years. Their coach, is Taylor Jenkins, is excellent. Um, Kevin Pelton has them as the number one seed in the West. I don't see that, but the number is 45 and a half over under Alex. What do you say? Uh, Taylor Jenkins, who I love, who also went to the same high school as me. Um, so I have an extra amount of love for him. Shout Shout out to to the same St. Mark's school of Texas there. Uh, I have them under, unfortunately. I think with Jaw missing as many games as he will, with them losing Steven Adams to begin the season for the entire season, um, I know Triple J is excellent on the defensive side. He can play five, but I think like it, it's preferable if he had been the four with Steven Adams out there. Brandon Clark was hurt all of last year. Like, Let's see how he plays coming back from injury. And they lost Tyus Jones. And I know they added Marcus Smart, but like Tyus Jones at the time was the best backup point guard in the NBA. I believe that he needed to get a shot somewhere as a starting point guard. When you talk about a guy that can run the show for you and not take away from other guys, he's that perfect guy. Marcus Smart can run the show for you, but he will take away from some of the other guys. He just will because he loves his own shot. There are games where he likes shooting 11 threes and he shouldn't do that. But I just think with the injuries they've sustained already and the jaw suspension, it's too big of a mountain to climb for them to go over. They will be a good team. If they are over, I won't be surprised, but I would say that it has everything to do with Taylor Jenkins and the fact that he is a phenomenal head coach. Um, But I have to, I have to make the decision, as I mentioned on all these over-unders without the head coach in mind or playing that big of a factor. So I go under on this team. I also think Desmond Bain, while he's a really good player, is not the type of guy for 27 games that is going to win you 65% of those games with the team on his shoulders. Yeah, I um, I had a tough one with this one as well. Another team that could easily be in the Robert Williams sweepstakes. Uh, that would make a lot of sense for them, especially given the Steven Adams injury news. Um, I know I generally fade Marcus Smart because Marcus Smart is one of those I got this guys who shouldn't be and I got this guy uh but I am going to go over I just think sure. there's too much of a baseline competency um and you know John Morant comes back if he plays 50 games total I I, I think they're just gonna win a slight over on 45 and a half up next the Clippers 45 Wait, I, I did and a half. I did it again I buried the lead the Grizzlies are my third lock to be for under there you go you, you, you got to mention that we're going to recap the locks at, at the I end bar- of the i buried the so, so you got uh, the under as a lock i've got the over the clippers 45 and a half maybe getting james harden maybe not i'm not sure it really matters a whole heck of a lot uh basically bringing the band back together Kawhi leonard hasn't really played a whole lot of basketball games and is getting paid very handsomely. Paul George, same thing. 45 and a half, Alex Sopolis. Over, under, what say you? I say under, and I will not bury the lead this time. This is another one of my locks. Uh, I just don't trust the health. I don't trust their availability. I do like their big man pairing as far as like a Jokic 
uh, matchup and an AD matchup. The fact that they have Plumlee and they have Zubach, I think is great, but let's hope they get to the playoffs and they actually get to utilize those guys. Um, Norman Powell is a guy I like too. I like Russ during the regular season. Of course, he's a guy that can put the team on his back any given night. Um, I just think they're going to have a lot of challenges with some of these younger, deeper, more athletic and more energized teams. And um, I like their head coach. Again, I just, this is not a team I trust and I'm totally okay. Not trusting them. We're in agreement on the under 45 and a half. This is also a team that says, screw you to the regular season. I don't like that. So the vibes on this team are not great. Uh, I, I just, yeah, if Kawhi Leonard plays, he's one of the seven best players in the league. He can make a case that he's the fourth best player in the league when healthy, but he's never healthy. So I am just selling. I Even if they get James Harden, I don't care. I'm selling under 45 and a half. I didn't make it a lock, uh, but I came very close to doing so. The Lakers up next, 46 and a half. Basically bringing back the same team. They added Gabe Vincent. Uh, they added like Cam Reddish. I'm not really sure that factors into anybody's um, calculus, nor should it. 46 and a half Lakers over under. What say you? Oh, I have the Lakers at over. I think we are in agreement. Yeah. I mean, this one's not a lock, but if I had an extra lock, I think I'd throw it the Lakers way. I, I Anthony Davis, if he is healthy, which he was last year, the way that he played with Austin Reeves, who they they re-signed, gave him the extension. They gave Rude the extension. They re-signed D'Angelo Russell. They might trade him, but even if they keep him on the roster as kind of a guy that comes off the bench and can light it up on any given night, um, I just like what they have. And I, I think that people are really enamored with Max Christie too. They think he's going to have a, a nice year. Um, but if LeBron and Anthony Davis are, if they play 50 games, they play 60 games, like this team is going over for sure. The chemistry with Westbrook clearly was was off. It clearly was off. And I actually think Russ on the Clippers is, is a great fit for them. I think Much we proved fit. that last year. But And I am not the biggest Anthony Davis fan. I generally sell Anthony Davis. I say that he's the greatest theoretical player in NBA history because he never plays. But, you know, I think Gabe Vincent is going to be really good for this team. And... Sure. Until LeBron shows me that he's not going to play as many, like, 65 games, I, I just – I'm betting the over. I'm betting the over, and it's a testament to LeBron James as much as I absolutely hate saying that. Like, it, it pains me, but I'm going to take the over as well. Up next, the Golden State Warriors, 47 and a half. Brought in Chris Paul, uh, Jordan Poole out the door. 47 and a half over under what say you I say over for the Warriors and I will be using one of my locks for this team uh I think that Chris Paul works much better for this team than Jordan Poole although of course it's it's very fair to question how healthy he's going to be during the regular season that's not why they made the move right but I think for this team really really hunkering down during the regular season to make sure that they lock in a top 4 seed lock in home court as much as they can to give themselves a real, real shot of winning another NBA championship is important. Um, I think Andrew Wiggins will be available and not have that massive question mark around his 
regular season. And that certainly affected how he played in the playoffs. I think we'll see a reversion to what we saw two years ago from him and where he was the second best player on their team. Draymond was better last year than he was two years ago. So I'm not going to say that just because he's getting older, he's not going to be the same guy. Clay's playing for a contract year. Um, I think there's a lot of motivation behind this team. Steph chasing legacy. They have one of the best head coaches in the NBA. Um, you know, maybe they maybe they move Moody and Kaminga for another guy. Looney's a guy that that you know gives you great minutes as well. So I, this team's too good not to not to win fifty games. Honestly, in my opinion, the bet against the over would be that Draymond Green's missing some time to start the season. Yep. And they're a little thin up front, especially, sure. you know, for rebounding purposes. I get that. I'm going over. This is a adult basketball team. I think Chris Paul will eventually slide to the bench and things will be fine. Um, but it's an adult team. It's yep. a team that no monkey business. There's no Jordan Poole drama with Draymond Green last year. You know, I think that torpedoed their season. That was weird. They're not doing the two timelines with the young guys trying to incorporate them. This is, they're all in on the here and the now. And I think they're going to take the regular season somewhat seriously. And I'm going to go over last two Phoenix 52 and a half. They brought in Bradley Beal. Uh, they have Devin Booker and KD for a full season. They, Chris Paul is out. Deandre Ayton is out 52 and a half over under. What say you? Yeah, I'm going to say under. Um, on this one, I think that it's close. And if they were, if, if Beal and KD and Booker all stayed healthy, it'd be an over, but I just don't believe that that's going to be the case. Um, I think Durant will miss time. I think Booker will probably miss time. And if they're taking their, you know, if they're taking their NBA finals run and the ultimate goal seriously, like that's probably what needs to happen so that there's no health concerns going into the playoffs it's been a long time since we've seen Kevin Durant play four playoff series in a row. And you want to make sure that he doesn't have that wear and tear on him. So I'm not saying I'm a proponent of load management here, but I think it might be necessary if you know, you're, you're Matt Ishbia, you're Frank Vogel, and you want to see your team hoisting the trophy or at least having a possibility of hoisting the trophy. Um, yeah, I'm, I was kind of on the fence on this one. Cause I think they're super talented, obviously. And I think Devin Booker is the type of player where if he continues to make that climb into that upper echelon. Like, again, like I said about Luca, like you want to be one of those guys that can make your team and will your team to 50 plus wins. But like you said, in combating that, like it's just a really talented Western conference and NBA at this point, And it's hard to do that. Um, and I just think this team can't defend. And I think like neither can the maps, but we're talking about, we're talking about nine wins difference here for a team that I really think is going to struggle to defend. Like, Nurkic, I don't know. I don't get the Nurkic move. I don't get it whatsoever. He's a, he's a traffic cone out there. Like they cannot defend and you don't want Kevin Durant being your primary rim protector on this team. It just can't happen like that. And that's where they are. I like what they did on the fringes because obviously sure. the, um, you know, Eric Gordon types, the Kata Bates, Diops types, like those guys, when you're paying big money to three guys, uh, I, I like what they did on the fringes. I think this team is going to be a more dangerous postseason team than regular season team. I I am curious to see how the point guard situation evolves, like and and who's initiating offense. Um, I I've not been the biggest Bradley Beal guy, 
Um, and in terms of betting on health, like Durant's not been a good health bet. Beal has not been a good health bet. Booker has been for the most part. Last year, I think, was an anomaly. Um, yeah. Nurkic has not been. Nurkic has not been, but I do think that was addition by subtraction because DeAndre Ayton was never going to be the player that Phoenix wanted him to be for this team. He wanted to spread his wings and do other things. And I can understand it's the number one pick, but I'm going to take the under on a regular season win total for 52 and a half. But I think it's a more dangerous playoff team than a regular season team. Last but not least, the reigning champions, the Denver Nuggets. 52 and a half is their number over under what say you, this is my last lock. As I mentioned before, uh, not a lock for me, but I am riding the over alongside you. I think weirdly, like this team still has a chip on their shoulder. I think where we started the conversation at the beginning of the show with them is the sentiment that a lot of people are vocalizing in the media that if they hadn't won that we'd be considering this team very differently, but like, we keep forgetting that they did win. They won. They are the reigning yeah. NBA champs. And they won convincingly. Might they I dominated. They, yeah. Dominated. Um, and they, again, like we, we mentioned before, yes, they lose Bruce Brown, but I think everyone else on the team either gets better or got healthier, right? So I think that they they win close to 54, 55 games and um, the makings of a, a potential new kind of dynasty here. And, you know, they're defending their rock and they're defending their home court. And they end up with the number one seed in the West. They boast the second best player or the best player in the league, depending on how you want to call it. They have continuity. Yep. Their guys are healthier. Bruce Brown is not as much of a loss as good as he is and as good as he was for them. They can recreate that, as we mentioned earlier. You know, and continuity is really important. And whenever you're projected number one seed, I just think the number one seed in a conference most years is going to win 55 to, you know, around 55, 56, 57 games. And I, I think they are no different. So I am going over as well, and it is locked. So to recap, Alex Sosopoulos, your five locks are? The Golden State over. The Los Angeles Clippers under the Oklahoma city thunder over the Minnesota Timberwolves over and the Memphis Grizzlies under. And my locks are Portland under jazz under Dallas under, because I always sell Kyrie Irving, Oklahoma city over and Denver's over. That is a Western conference preview. Alex, this was great, bud. Thanks so much for doing it. Thanks for bearing with me. I know we may have gone long-winded, but it was a great segment. You're one of the best in the business. Love doing it with you, and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. And we'll uh, I'm sure we will be debating the Dallas Mavericks at some point yeah. during the season. I'm I'm just pumped that we, we get the NBA right now. October is a great time of year. You get NFL, you get NBA, you get for, – for myself, my baseball team is still in it. We'll see after tonight. Um, it's just a great time for sports, college basketball around the corner. So that gets good for draft prospecting for the NBA. So couldn't be more excited. Always grateful to to talk shop with you, ATH. And your and Texas Longhorns still are in the mix. They're still they're in the mix. Still in the mix for now. QB just suffered a, a tough AC joint injury. So we'll see what, what we do there to, to kind of just modify our team to keep us in the hunt. But 
Yeah, man. I, look, I have the Knicks going under, but you know me. I don't root against Jalen Brunson. What he meant for the Dallas Mavericks, I want him to succeed. I shared some court time in high school up against Julius Randle. So, you know, I have a soft spot for him. And the Villanova Wildcats, just the fact that you guys have three of those those cats on the Knicks, I think is a cool story. And, and obviously those Jay Wright teams were a lot of fun to watch for any college basketball fans. So I'm a lot of guys on the Knicks that, that I read. That story of you playing against Julius Randle, but we're running long and um, we'll no, he just that for another time. He dominated. That's the story. He dominated. Yeah, but were you on like the receiving end of an elbow or something? I need to hear. I'm gonna, oh, I'm, gonna no. te- I'm gonna text you afterwards. We're gonna talk about it. Alex. Thanks so much for doing it, buddy. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks again to recurring guest Alex Sasopoulos for coming on to preview of the Western Conference. Great stuff from him. I am super excited about this NBA season. It can't come soon enough, even though it's right on the doorstep. I can't wait to be in the mix. That's episode 228 for the love of the game. Take us out, David Banner. And you can't do this, and you don't do that, do that, do that, do that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.